What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies. And the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus. So if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones like with Imadi Kund, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews. So check it out. Enjoy the repository. And for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Connor Murphy, who's the founder of Bridge. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, Matt. Going well? Awesome to hear. I'm really excited to learn more about what you're working on um, at Bridge. For people that haven't heard of it, what is Bridge? Yeah, Bridge, our mission is to make the world a smaller place. And at the heart of Bridge, I think, is the idea that you know, networks make us more wealthy, make us more productive, make us more creative. And that's proven if you look at cities and people, when they move to cities are twice as large, it's 15% more productive, richer, and more uh, creative. So whether you're a connector, networker, community builder, we give you all the tools you need to help build your network and be more successful at building your network. And the easiest analogy is, I like, think, Shopify for networking. We're giving you all those tools you need. Our goal is to help the billion plus people out there who need to have better networks. And we're starting with introductions. So let's start with introductions. How, what, 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 how, how does this work? Um, I, you know, I've used it. I think it's like the coolest thing ever. Um, but I think in your own words, can you w- walk us through the product? What can someone do um, with Bridge currently? That's, all, that's great to hear, Matt. Uh, well, our goal is to make introductions magical. It's something we all do every day. It's how we met. It's how we're on this call. And you know, if you think back in your life, you know, introductions have changed your life in many ways. Whether you, you know, we got introduced to Elizabeth at Hustle Fund. And if you look back to all these connections, you can look back in hindsight, you can see the impact these introductions have. So it's this global kind of human API we have that we do over and over and over again. And there's no software around helping you to do that. Um, and we think, you know, if you look at LinkedIn, which is like, you know, if, if Amazon is the everything store, LinkedIn is like the everything Rolodex. It's this massive database of all these profiles. But the active networking means collaborating, sharing, and interacting. And we're, we're focused on obsessing building the tools for active networking, for actively helping and engaging. So we're starting with introductions, but there's a whole set of human APIs that we're kind of building and digitizing that actually allow you to interact and help your network. Walk me through a little bit about, you know, you just kind of outlined the problem really well, but like, why, why did you decide to, to build this? I guess, in other words, what's the origin of the story? How did you kind of get started with with uh, with this company? Well, I'm, first off, I'm a computer scientist, so I'm naturally lazy. So um, we see something repetitive and we just want to automate it. And um, so I, you know, in my job and in my persona, I'm a connector, but also I was lucky to work as a founder. I've been an investor and my value add is often opening doors and making introductions for people. And when I make those introductions, I also want to get feedback as well. I never get feedback and hearing what happened afterwards. So we actually wanted to start there saying, like, this is a recurring problem for me and for other people. Um, I'd also built a company before in this space in 2009 called DataHug. And we raised money from Salesforce and DFJ and uh, some amazing investors. And it's now part of SAP, but it was for the enterprise. So this was a continuation of that vision. I kind of joke, I have one good idea, I hope. I'm just keep doing the same one until I get to the right outcome. And we think this is something that can be much bigger than LinkedIn. 
Well, that's a really interesting dynamic. So something that I um, spent a lot of time thinking about and just talking about is the idea of being like a missionary founder versus a mercenary founder. Um, and I like missionary founders way more. <laughs> um, and it's and like it sounds like you're on a mission. You've been on this mission. Tell me, can you walk me through your mindset as you started with this this other company with a similar mission? Now you're doing this company. Like, what? Tell me what it's kind of like to just like ha- have a problem you want to solve and just kind of stay on it, no matter what that journey is like. Do you have just some thoughts on that? Because I, I like that quality in people. Yeah, Matt. I, I me too. And I'm, I'm lucky to be an investor in 31 companies as well. And like that's kind of the founder I resonate to as well. Maybe it's uh, looking in the mirror, or maybe it's some self therapy trying to work with other crazy people who kind of have these missions. Um, but looking back, uh, you know, with DataHug, I think like any founder you hear first of who's obsessed with missionary, they're obsessed with product. And I'm, I'm a product person obsessed about it, waking up at three o'clock in the morning, you know, typical everything, obsessed, product, product, product. Second time out, you hear founders are obsessed with distribution. So the reason DataHug didn't hit the scale or hit the breakout we wanted is because we had a great product, we had a great team, we had great investors, we didn't have a great code to market. So as a second time founder, I'm still obsessed with the idea, still believe in the, in the, in the opportunity, but now I'm obsessed with distribution and how can I actually, where can I start in terms of what beachhead can I pick that actually has product-led growth built in? And we're a product-led growth company. So how can we build by, by using our product, how can we leverage viral loops in the back of that? So our whole kind of go-to-market now is focused on utility plus virality so that by you getting value from the product, we get distribution and new users. Very, very smart. I, I, I think that's awesome and, and totally true on the distribution front versus product front. You know, um, if you were to kind of look out, um, well, actually, before before we go there, I, I have one or two more questions. So how do you even think about knowing what to build next with this? I, this is a type of product where I have to guess you're um, getting a lot of feedback from tons of different people as the product spreads virally. And it is like, I, 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 keep, I keep hearing about it, which is awesome. Um, you must get slammed with feedback and ideas. How do you, how do you take that? How do you keep that, that plus combining that with your vision and making sure you're building what the world needs, combining the, the feedback and your own vision? So our internal mantra is focus, execution, and speed. And that's really come from one of our designers because, you know, left, you know, I've been thinking about the space for, you know, five years before we started Data Hug, started out in 2009. So there's 15 years of ideas just in my own head, let alone getting all of the ideas coming from our amazing users and amazing feedback. So we really filtered on kind of that laser focus on what we call connectors. So within a network, there's you know thousands and millions of people and LinkedIn is 700 million people in there. And we're just looking there's real power connectors within there, the people who make at least five introductions a week. Because if we're a productivity tool for them, um, we can actually help them save an hour a week. And then if they're like crazy doing 25, 30, 40 intros, we can help them at a significant scale. So we focus and obsess on the connector and we've known in the market is ever obsessed with the connector, the person who makes the introduction. There's so many people who focus on the people who are looking for the introductions, which we call networkers. Um, and I've started and I've built a product for networkers before. So by going after the smaller niche actually gives us higher frequency and it gives us a very, very narrow target to aim for. And that helps us focus and it helps us also filter out everything else that we're hearing. We're having so many use cases coming back at us. We really look at also a great book, I think, for your audience to listen to, to read. It's called The Mom Test. And when we hear feedback from a user, we get all these amazing feedback. And I ask them, well, how do you solve this today? And if they tell me, well, I have an air table, I have a mixed panel, and I have a text expander, and I have this hack, and I have this, then you listen to that feedback because they actually are working on hacking that solution today. And um, so that helps us prioritize their feedback versus someone who has an opinion and an idea, but hasn't got, it isn't such a, it isn't such a pain point that they haven't tried to hack a solution to it. So I think that's a great early, early kind of, um, 
signal for, for me and for our audience, and I advise founders to do that the whole time. And then the second thing we look for is despite moments. So we have users who say like, oh, this feedback thing, I want to turn it off. I'm not, I want to adjust it from 14 days to 28 days. But they keep coming back and they keep using it. So despite that friction, despite that hurdle, despite how crappy our onboarding is and lack of communication around all of these things we could be doing better and we could be beating ourselves up about, they jump over that hurdle. And that actually is a pre-product market fit signal that as an investor, known as a founder, I just zone in on. Despite not having this, despite not having a payments page, people still offering to send you money and pay, these despite moments are the gold that kind of help you find your way towards product market fit. And that's the other thing we look at as well. I, I like want to take that as a snippet and just share it for the every day for the rest of my life. What a masterclass in product in just two points. That's incredible. Um, if you were to look out, you know, after you built incredible product that tons of people use, you know, five, 10, 15 years from now, what is, what does that future look like? Or I guess in other words, what's the big vision here um, and what direction are you rowing in with Rich? Yeah. So, you know, we, we want to make the world a smaller place and, and we're not joking about it. I think like, and we built our organization and we built our cap table exactly like that. So we have a fully distributed team of 17 people. And I truly believe that talent is universal across the world. Opportunity is not. And often network is such a way to get into opportunity and it, and it presents itself to you. And we all know how, how, how privileged we are when we have a network and we all want to get better networks. And you see people wanting to go to Stanford or Harvard or Texas or YC or anywhere because they know they want to access these networks. So I think if you can help find, if you're in Venezuela or you're in Montenegro, or you're in Philippines or you're in, you're in Phoenix, Arizona, who are the connectors in your ecosystem? And if you can find them um, and access them, you basically find the Cisco super router in your backyard who can open up the world to you. And we think there's 8 billion people in the world, there's a billion plus knowledge workers out there. They increasingly rely on their network. And then just the quote that I love was from Sam Altman who left YC. He says, as cash and advice become commodities, your network becomes your durable advantage. And over careers, it's like compound interest. That nice gesture you do for Matt today or for Elizabeth tomorrow can come back 10 years later and be a game changer in your life. To make that easier to do, to recognize that, to reward that, to celebrate that, to give you data and insights on that you didn't have before, um, to make that a full-time job, to make that something that you get rewarded for um, and encouraging. And, and you know, we think that's just such a massive win for humanity at every level. I love it. I love it. Um, in order to to make that happen, how can we help? I mean, it takes a village to make a startup work. So are you hiring? Are you raising capital, looking for more users or customers? You know, how can we assist? Yeah, well, at a high level, independent of bridge, just help your network. Think, just think if you don't believe in networks, and I often work with engineers who are very pragmatic, and that's my background as well. But just how did you meet your co-founder? How did you meet your wife? How did you meet your first investor customers and so much so you can see and understand the value and you know see the dots in your head how those networks are valuable so help other people when you can and if you find you're doing that regularly bridge is definitely a tool that can help you do that and do it more easier but i think the most important thing is the value that i love the tech service which is give first and it's like how can i help other people not in a transactional way but how can i just help you how can i listen and understand your needs there and it makes life a lot more interesting a lot more fulfilling if you can help other people and um give first would be basically my advice to everyone who's listening it's uh, when I, I was really still am active in the Phoenix startup scene. And one of the first things that they, they told me is like, hey, Matt, like do whatever you're going to do, but like always help first, like always, always ask, how can I help after every conversation? And that's kind of why I started it from the first episode in this podcast. How can we help? Uh, if someone wants to get in touch, how can they do that? What's your what's your website? Do you have social media? Uh, you know, how what kind of sources can people kind of use to kind of find what you're working on? 
Yeah, so on Twitter, Connor PM, so two N, C O N N O R P M. That's for Patrick Murphy, a very Irish name. And uh, bridge.app, um, brdg.app. You couldn't afford the vows. Maybe if we raise more money, we can buy some more vows. But uh, that's where we are online. And, and, uh, and then in your inbox, as Bridge is a product like growth company, as people are using it, there's a nice viral coefficient going on there. So hopefully, people in your network who are the connectors, you know, let them know about it as well. If someone's helping you with five, 10 introductions, give them the gift of Bridge, tell them about that, and we can help them save hours and help you even more. All right. Thanks. For, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Matt.